Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I want to start with this because Dan and I were talking about weird injuries yesterday, and I thought that you might be able to give some insight. Were you around? Did you see what happened to Vince Coleman when the tarp rolled up on him? Uh, I had my back to Vince like he had his back to the tarp. So, no, I didn't see exactly what was going on. But uh, if people know who uh, who know Vince well, know that, uh, um, you know, a robbery could be taking place to his back, and he's talking so much that he wouldn't have any idea what was going on. So I, I blame I blame Vince for you know holding court while he was getting uh, run over by by uh, by a tarp. Hey, uh, hey, Andy, great to hear your voice. Um, I want to ask you about Yachty and getting to hit number two thousand. What what do you think about the career of Yachty or Molina as you watch him? Uh, and I know you watch the games. <clears throat> what do you, what do you think of him getting to hit number two thousand and just? His career as you watch him day in and day out. Well, I mean, the obvious thing is that, you know, Yachty today is not Yachty where he was, you know, three or four years ago. And having said that, um, it doesn't mean he's still, I don't think, going to be a Hall of Fame uh, candidate. I don't know whether it's first ballot or second. It really doesn't matter to me. But, um, you know, for eight, eight years, you know, or so, he was the best defensive catcher in all of baseball. And I think the surprising thing is I think people forget when he first came up, he had a hard time hitting the ball into the outfield. And he really learned um, what it took to hit major league pitching. And I think given the, the, you know, the tools that he had offensively, he has learned to utilize them. And uh, his, his biggest asset, Dan, I think, as you, you well know, is uh, his mind is is what has carried him over the course of his career. I mean, his talent is there. Um, I would say his bat speed was average major league bat speed, but he learned to hit the ball the opposite way. And um, the, consequently, when he was able to do that, he didn't have to cheat um, uh, to try to get the fastballs. So um, he was comfortable ball hitting the other way. And when you can do that, you're going to hit for a decent average and you're going to make pitchers stay honest and I think that's the biggest thing at the major level when you learn to keep pitchers honest uh, it just makes you a better hitter and Andy there's no way to measure analytically what he is able to do in terms of just managing the group of players on the field from behind home plate you've played with guys like that but it's really hard to define the value of somebody that can do those sorts of things no question in today's game the way we analytically um, assess players um, based on computer printouts is there, there's no computer printout for what he brings to the ball club and what he brings to the to the pitching staff and and to the young players. There's, you can't measure that stuff. I mean, statistically, there might be guys who who are in the Hall of Fame as catchers that are gonna you're gonna look at compare numbers. You're gonna go, well, why why is Yadi even 
being considered. But I think it's the overall um, duality of of his of his his workmanship as as a as a psychological benefit to the pitchers, uh, to his teammates, and uh, just what he brings to the, uh, the the level of intelligence he has for the game. Andy, you're such a smart guy, um, and and you're not far. Re- well, you are. <laughs> Your flattery will get you everywhere. Keep going. <laughs> well, you're just brilliant. Um, you know, you're not far removed from being a coach and dealing with the spreadsheets and the analytics. And right now, at times, it's a tough game to watch. There's not a lot of offense in the game. Where are we in terms of of trying to get more offense in the game? And and do we need to cut down on the shifts? Do we need to limit the shifts? Do you think we need to literally put markers where a second baseman can go and how far a shortstop can go and those kind of things? Or do we just need to have players adjust in college, Little League, high school, and learn to hit it where they ain't? What do you think? <laughs> Dan, I mean, I, if Major League Baseball ever did that, they, they would – I mean, some of the things they've done in the last five years has ruined the game to begin with, and to do that would just, I think, be the, the straw that broke the camel's back as far as my interest and I think a lot of people who've grown up watching this game. No, I, I don't think you can uh, put parameters on where a guy can be defensive. You look at the, the – Baseball is the ultimate democratic capitalist business that you can have in America right now. And all I think major league sports, um, it is up to the, to the, uh, the guys playing the game to learn to adjust, to be successful. I mean, if, if you're, and this is one of the things that's so frustrating watching some of the young Cardinal hitters and even some of the veteran guys who refuse to get off their foundational type of hitting and not use the whole field. I mean, for a couple of years now, we we just shake our head and wonder why Carpenter keeps on banging his head against the wall and trying to be successful at something he's not successful at all at. I mean, he, I would think, has the athletic ability to hit the ball the other way, but he refuses to. So why would you have to penalize the defensive team for letting an offensive player continue to be stubborn, stupid, whatever you, whatever phrase you want to use, and try keep hitting into the shift. So, no, I, I, I don't think we, we can ever go there, Dan. And, you know, is it one foot too far if you, if you say we're going to do that? Is it six inches you've gone too far? What's the penalty going to be for, you know, a guy being uh, you think who shouldn't be in a certain defensive position? So, no, it's it's totally up to the offensive player to make the adjustments. Andy, you've been a hitting coach. You've been a player. And obviously there are some stubborn players. But what can a hitting coach do to get a guy? Let's use Matt as an example because at his best, I think he was a guy that used – he was a gap-to-gap hitter. He used all fields and one year hit 55 doubles. As a coach, what can you do to try to change that guy's philosophy about trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark all the time and get back to what he was good at? Well, I think there's two types of players. I think – a guy like Carpenter, you can't say anything to him. He has got to come to you. Uh, a guy like Bader, who, um, who who is young, who has has had no success at the big league level, you, you better go to him and say, listen, you want to play this game 10 years, you want to have a 10-year career, fella, you better learn how to hit the ball gap to gap. 
and stop trying to pull the ball to the ballpark. Look at the Cardinals at this point in the season. I know they're a few games short uh, of most of the teams at the big league level. It's two or three games only, though. The Cardinals have only hit 70 doubles. Think about that. There's only one other team in the big leagues who's hit less doubles, and that's the Minnesota Twins. But the Minnesota Twins also hit the ball over the ballpark at a, at a 30 clip higher than the Cardinals. So um, th- this is a ball club. Um, that should be trying to hit the ball over the fence, and yet night after night, uh, that's what we watch. Young players, I've always said, you learn to hit the, you learn to hit first, and you learn to hit home runs second. And unfortunately, I think a lot of these guys think hitting the ball over the fence should come first, and learning how to hit should come second. Do you think that a hitter can be given too much information? We always have heard about yes. simplifying hitting. Go ahead. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that's the, one of the biggest problems with young players is we've, uh, we've totally seized them up with too much analysis. Um, you know, I, I would sit and shake my head. We, we'd have these guys come down from, from the front office and, you know, tell us that, you know, 31% of the time with one out, a pitcher, a two-one count, would throw a change up, blah, blah, blah. Well, that doesn't account for uh, who hit behind them and who hit in front of them and what was the score of the game and, you know, what inning was it? And did the pitcher have control of that change up during the course of that, uh, during those stats? So, yes, I, I mean, there's too many parts of the equation where analysis has totally seized up players to be free and just use their talent to be able to hit. What have you thought of Dylan Carlson? Uh, I like his talent. Um I think he's it's probably a rush a little bit, but this season um, I can understand why he's playing at the big league level. Look, the interesting thing about him is um, he has got to learn, I think, and he'll learn this, I think, over the course of time. Uh, his biggest fault is when he's ahead in the counts, he, he goes after pitchers that aren't um, aren't very hittable. I, and I see it night after night where, um, you know, he may take a fastball early in the count, which is hittable, and then get the two to one or three to one. The pitcher will throw a ball that's not even a strike, and he'll just swing because he, he thinks uh, that a big league pitcher is going to throw the ball in the strike zone that's hittable. And that's not the case. He has got to understand that big league pitchers uh, don't command exactly the way they want to. And um, as soon as he learns for him to command the pitches that he wants to swing at, uh, I think he'll be just fine, but he's not there yet. Do you see him, though, Andy, and, and he's going to grow more into his body and, and he's going to get bigger, he's going to get stronger. Number one, where do you see him? You're a very good outfielder, so where do you see him projecting in the outfield defensively and what kind of power hitter do you see him potentially projecting as a home run type guy? You know, I can't say that yet, Dan. I, I, my big, biggest concern, I'm not worried about his power, Um I'm more concerned as whether he's going to learn how to hit. And again, if you can learn how to hit, you know, the ball's going to go over the fence by mistake more than half the time. I mean, you get in certain counts at the big league level. And if you're trying to hit the ball, the ballpark, even in counts that favor you two and oh, three and one, um, that's not how you hit the ball, the ballpark. You learn to hit first, you learn to hit the gaps. And if you learn to hit gaps with, with, you know, with good exit velocity, uh, the ball is going to go over the fence. And it, it, my biggest concern, if he if he can command the strike zone, he's going to he's going to hit his home runs, whether it's twenty, thirty, or forty. Nobody really knows. 
nobody can project that yet because uh, until he learns to hit, um, you know, hitting, hitting more than 180 or 220 and hitting, you know, 25 home runs, that's not where you want to be. You'd rather be hitting, you know, 280 to 300 with a guaranteed 20 home runs a year. Andy, you you and Dylan both played about 400 minor league games. He played 18 in AAA. You played 54. You were hyped coming up in 1983. He's hyped now. If Dylan Carlson came to Andy Van Slyke and said, give me one piece of advice as I start my major league career, what would it be? For him? Yeah, one piece of advice for Dylan Carlson. Uh, well, I would give him a couple, but my biggest my biggest thing was that do not, whatever you do, give big league pitchers more credit uh, than you ever can. My point is, um, I think when I got to the big league level, um, I, I thought automatically that, you know, when I was ahead in the count, uh, that pitchers are going to throw the ball right down the middle of the plate, and they don't do that. Um, they may do it by mistake, and I think that's the biggest thing is we learn to be ready for a mistake versus just ready to hit any pitch. It, it just it takes you and puts you at a different level. And I, my point being is I, I thought every pitch was uh, going to be something that's hittable, and that's not the case. It's, it's just too hard at the big league level to hit, hit pitches that are on the corners of the plate. Andy Van Slyke, you always bring great stuff. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Enjoy your day, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, fellas. See you Thanks, later. Andy.